Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the next instalment of our What a Character series.、Uh, I've looked at Jephthah, who was a, a judge in Israel. I've looked at David, who was a king. And tonight, I want to look at a, a guy who was a prophet. And these are like some of the main positions that you see、uh, in the Old Testament. And when I say what a character, I think that we all understand the figure of speech that is used in our society. What a character. It, it, it's some, it means that something stands out about this person, there's something colourful about them.、Uh, even、uh, if there's some rough edges, even if they're not perfect, what a character is always used in the context uh, uh, of it's positive. It's a good thing to be a bit of a character. And so I want to look at Elisha. What a character. And to actually get a bit of a grasp on Elisha and to see this story,、uh, we've got to probably begin at the end. So just to fill you in where this story ended up, Elisha became the most powerful miracle working prophet of his time. He did more miracles and more spectacular miracles through his ministry than any other prophet outside of Jesus Christ. Uh, for example, there's a great story where long after he's died, he is a bag of bones, literally, in a tomb, and some people hurriedly push a, a dead body in the tomb to use it. And when the body hits his bones, the power of God that was still resonant in them caused the guy to resurrect and run out of the tomb. That's a pretty cool story. And so let's have a look at how he got there, because like most stories of greatness, It had far more humble beginnings than that. And it begins in 1 Kings chapter 19. And it says, So Elijah, now that's a different prophet, not to be confused with Elisha. Elijah went from there and found Elisha, the subject of tonight's message, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke or 12 pairs of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. So he is a hard working boy. And Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him, and Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah.、Uh, the reason he did that is because this whole symbolic thing of the cloak. Prophets wore that cloak. It was a bit of a, it was like a mantle or a cloak. It recognized what they were. And when he threw it around Elisha, it was an invitation to join him in the ministry. So Elisha's response is, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And Elijah said,、um, you know, go do it. Go back. What have I done to you? I'm, I'm not, I haven't got any big expectations. So Elisha left him and went back, took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. And he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now, being asked to join Elijah was a great honor, but boy, it was costly. And this is what I first see, what I see in Elisha. He became a character. He fulfilled destiny because he was prepared to burn bridges. And he did it in front of everyone. Those oxen represented everything of his old life. And he just brought everyone out and had a feast with them to let them know I've burnt my bridges. You know, over the years,、uh, I've seen people, and it's sad to see, but people with great potential. Uh, never fulfilling that potential simply because they weren't prepared to burn bridges to their past. 
And that can come in many forms. That can be unhealthy or over-enmeshed relationships with the opposite sex that holds them back out of their potential. It can be a sense of self-dependent security where they just can't let go. They can't trust. For example, they, they never break the trust bridge for tithing. They could just never trust God with that. Or maybe a career change to pursue the call of God. And it's so sad when people can't burn bridges. For some, it's even friends. You know, some friends are friends in the moment, but they're not necessarily friends of your future. They're not necessarily friends of your destiny. And sometimes we have to burn bridges so we can get on with what God has got for our life. And right here we see Elisha is in. Boots and all, what a character. Uh, Next story I want to look at is in 2 Kings chapter 2. And it says, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. This was Elijah going home. And then Elisha saw this and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Uh, And Elisha saw him no more. He was gone. But then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. And Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had settled on the ground and had fallen from him. And he went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and the left and he crossed over. And this is like the first big miracle we see happening. It was a very personal miracle, but it was a sign that God was with him. But what I see in this that I love about Elisha that makes him such a character is he accepted the challenge of destiny. When so many don't, he was determined to do it. And we've got to understand the man he was replacing, Elijah, was perhaps the toughest, most confrontational prophet in Israel's history. He literally called fire down out of heaven. So he wasn't someone to mess with. It would not be easy to fill his big shoes. But Elisha didn't even blink. The moment of opportunity presented and he seized it. And I love this because it makes me wonder sometimes just how many opportunities go begging in our lives because we didn't back ourselves, because we we had a lack of confidence in the moment, a lack of self-belief. But you see, no shortage of confidence in Elisha and we should let it inspire us. You've just got to love that. What a character. What a character. Uh, Last story I want to look at is 2 Kings chapter 2. Again, verses 23 to 24 And uh, this is a bit of an unusual story, so strap in. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys, other translations actually put it as youths, some youths came out of the town and jeered at him, saying, get out of here, baldy. I mean, what a terrible thing to say. Uh, They said, get out of here, baldy, twice. He turned around, looked at them, And called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. Well, 
Serves you right for calling a bald man a bald man. Um, You've got to be careful what you say to a bald prophet, hey. But here's what I see in the story. He pushed through the ridicule. They were ridiculing him. He was on his way to do something for God. And I love this story. It's a difficult story ethics-wise when you look at it. I'm, and I'm not sure how literal we're meant to actually read it. But I can tell you this, as a handsome, young, bald man, I see myself in it. Um, too bad about the youths. I guess at the end of the day, it proves that gang life was, was always risky business. But right or wrong, Elisha wasn't going to take no garbage from anyone. Love him or hate him, you got to respect him. What a character. I love these things about Elisha. And I think there's a little bit of Elisha waiting to leap out of all of us. And so I want to ask us some questions that get us thinking about, you know, learning from this incredible character in Scripture. Uh, First one is, are there bridges you need to burn to get on with what God's got for your life? Whether that's, you know, unhealthy relationships, could be addictions. And, and, you know, that's difficult. But can I encourage you? Don't give up. Determine to burn that bridge. Distractions, whatever. Things that take you from fulfilling what God's got on your life. Are there bridges you need to burn? The second one is, are there opportunities for you that simply require you to back yourself and act with confidence? You know, I think opportunities come to everyone. As a matter of fact, Scripture says they do. Time and chance belong to every man. So the book of Ecclesiastes says that whenever you put time and chance together, what you've got is an opportunity. And they belong to everyone. The question is, will we step out in confidence? Can we back ourselves to lay hold of them? Uh, Third question is, are you determined to push through the negative voices, even ridicule, to fulfill purpose in your life. And I think that, you know, getting sledged, ridicule, not believed in, criticized, that kind of negative stuff is common to the human experience. We all experience that at some point. But the question is, are you determined to push through that stuff and and actually live and fulfill the life that God has for you? Do that And it won't be long before people are saying of you, what a character he is. What a character she is. What a character they are. And uh, I'd love to pray for you tonight. Father, I just thank you for everyone here with me tonight. And it's been fun looking at Elisha. Um, And I pray that we could adopt some of his character strengths. The ability, Father, to, to, to push through things, you know, the ability to, to burn bridges, the, the ability to accept the challenge. I pray that you would help us to do that in our own lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, and look, friend, if you're with us and maybe the God story is not your story, uh, but you've been traveling along with us on this journey uh, night by night online. And uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to make the God story your story. The Bible simply tells us that Jesus Christ, God's son, came and, and laid down his life to make a way for us to enter into a relationship with our creator so that anything that might have separated us, 
uh, our failures, our mistakes, our pain, etc. Things that might separate us have been dealt with and we are free to come to God in our own way, just the way we are. And if you want to do that tonight, just right where you sit, you can do that. Just open your heart in the simplest of ways and, and ask God. And you could use words like, God, come into my life. Jesus, you know, help me to follow you. Help me to know who you are. I want to discover that. I want to journey with you. I want to know what you have for my life. What, what is my life meant to look like? They are great questions to ask God. That's a great way to come to God. Very simply, very open-hearted. And uh, the hosts are going to help you with following up on that decision. If you've made that decision, uh, they'll give you some, some information. And I want to encourage you to follow through on it and, uh, and stay on this wonderful journey of faith, becoming a character for God.